0: Greetings. I'm goodness Collins. You are welcome again to a life by the truth podcast on biblical forgiveness. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for life. We thank you for another privilege to hear from you. Lord, I pray this moment that you send forth your holy spirit that your word will be a blessing to as many who we hear. That you will enlighten us to live for you. This I pray in Jesus name amen last week we saw that jesus wants you and me to show by our response towards others who hurt us that we really appreciate and receive his mercy in our lives today is titled difficult but necessary have you heard terrible stories of people who were abused and maltreated as children for years by unrepentant family members Of course, I have too. How about those individuals who have been known as notorious criminals and others for rape cases? Should they forgive these evil perpetrators? This is a very difficult and fair question. What is forgiveness in these cases? Forgiveness is giving up bitterness and resentment. It is choosing to release malice, putting the other person into God's hands. And being willing to pray for your enemy. When you refuse to forgive others who hurt you, you are giving them permission to keep hurting you. You continue to be a slave to their offense. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 44, the Bible says, Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Here, Jesus told us to love our neighbors and our enemies. Think of it. Sometimes the people who hurt us the most deeply are those closest to us. It was Abel's own brother, Cain, who slew him. David's son tried to murder him, even as God's children. We have turned our back on him repeatedly. We should never forget that in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, the Bible says, But God commended his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How about remembering what happened on seeing the person and the thoughts that arises? Few years ago, a brother just for a reason best known to him developed hatred towards me of which he began to display it at family circle, outside the home, even at family devotions, of which every person noticed it. As I approached him privately, he shunned me, and this continued for some time. When this problem lingered, I started praying for the heart to love him, no matter what. Friend, God answered that prayer. Now, let's face it. Even after you forgive somebody, you might not be able to forget what happened. C. Whenever you are tempted to ruminate on some individuals who offended you and relieved the feeling, try praying for them. It might be difficult at first, but remember, until a person is converted, it is perfectly normal for him to act like a selfish devil. Pray for the person's conversion. Remember, in our last podcast on the ungrateful servant, we saw in Matthew 18, that it was very difficult for him to forgive his fellow servant after he has been pardoned greatly. He displayed an unforgiving heart towards his fellow servant. The pardon granted by the king represents a divine forgiveness for all sin. Christ is represented by the king who moved with compassion and forgave the debt of his servant. Man was under the condemnation of the broken law. He could not save himself. And for this reason, Christ came into this world, clothed his divinity with humanity, and gave his life, the just for the unjust. He gave himself for our sins. And to every soul, he freely offers the blood-bought pardon. The Bible says in Psalm 130 verse 7, With the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. Here is the ground upon which we should exercise compassion, towards our fellow sinners yes it is difficult but we are to do it because of jesus christ when we receive christ's forgiveness it softens our heart we will have compassion on others even towards those who have offended us we will generously forgive just as the lord has generously forgiven us friend an unforgiving heart brings serious consequences After the king rebuked his servant, the Bible says his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. Matthew 18.34 Forgiving others is not optional. It is mandatory. But for a Christian, forgiving others shouldn't feel like an obligation. No more than keeping the law should feel like an obligation. You will know that you are converted when you do both as a natural outflowing of Christ's love in you. Friend, forgiveness opens heaven's door to great blessings. Let us pray. Our loving Father, we thank you once again. Dear Lord, we pray that you grant us the heart to forgive no matter how painful the situation may be. I pray for my friends. Is there anyone who is finding it very difficult? to forgive, to let go. I pray that you pour your Holy Spirit upon the heart of such individual. Thank you so much for hearing our prayers. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain blessed until we meet again next week. Greetings, I'm Goodness Collins. You're welcome to live by the Truth podcast on the Law of God. In this series, we shall be examining what the Bible teaches about the moral law of God. How are we to relate with it while we live on earth preparing for Christ's return? Let us pray. Our kind and loving Father in heaven, Lord, we praise you for giving us life again. You have promised us that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Holy Father, we ask that you shed your light abroad in our heart. Let your voice and your word alone be heard, that our lives will be pleasing to you even as we prepare for Christ's return. Be asked in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 19 verse 7 and 8, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Amen. Today is part 1 and our topic today is what happened to right and wrong. Have you noticed how crime is rising in cities all over the world? It is showing up in surprising ways. A story was told of a man who stormed into the police headquarters one day, very upset. Someone has broken into his home and gotten away with several valuable items. He managed to catch a glimpse of the burglar and demanded that the police should do something about it. So the officer in charge led him to a stack of mugshot books. This book contains the picture of criminals and their crime. So he helped him to look through the pages of the criminal record and the pictures of the people to see if he can recognize the burglar. Suddenly the officer said wait a minute. He slapped his hand on the page and take a careful look from the photo in the mugshot book to the man's face again. That's you, the police exclaim. It says there is an astounding warrant to arrest you. As it turns out, the outraged homeowner who stomped into the police station demanding justice ended up identifying himself as a criminal. You see, violence and crime are everywhere, even where you do not expect it. It is in the families, in schools, in workplaces, in factories, in our villages, in towns and cities. Today, in some countries, riot and robbery are common. The streets have become unsafe. Even in Nigeria, we hear of child sexual abuse, domestic violence, human trafficking, kidnapping, embezzlement and government corruption are reported almost every day in the country, even around the world. But the question is, why is crime rising? What's behind the unprecedented rise in lawlessness? What has happened to our world? For instance, in Lagos and many other places, you see area boys, a loosely organized gang of street children and teenagers, mostly males, you see them roam about in the street extorting money from passersby, public transporters and traders, in fact, they go ahead to sell illegal drugs, they act as former security guards, they perform odd jobs and return for compensation. It is just all over the place in this time you see a new generation of youth have emerged youth who are questioning who are skeptical who are challenging friend god is calling adults to be role model for their children children imitate the behavior of the society around them who will be their spiritual example you know today we see fathers cheat at work mothers seek abortion both parents cheat each other the children see it and the broken homes are leaving ugly scars who is to instill a sense of right and wrong if the parents cannot or will not. And you see today, parents cannot leave so great a responsibility to schools. Many schools today don't even teach or support moral living. A general feeling seems to exist that we have outgrown the Bible standard. And that is not true, friend. Even some churches today are teaching that God's standard of right and wrong no longer applies. They say His commandments have been abolished or they are no longer relevant. They are impossible to keep. This is not true. Jesus told us in Philippians 4:13 that we can do all things through him who strengthens us, including obeying him. So, as a result of the neglect of God's moral law, many people are doing their own thing, and the society is reaping a bomber harvest of broken homes, uncontrolled children, violence everywhere. In Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, the Bible says, They sow the wind and reap the wild wind. But the question must be asked who determines when a situation is right or wrong. If there is no standard of right and wrong outside ourselves, we can justify almost everything. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, the Bible reminds us that we are not good judge of what is right and what is wrong. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We have no excuse for error or sin because God has made a provision for us to know his will. Just imagine a man traveling and comes to a place where there are several roads and a guide board indicating where one road leads to. If he disregards the guide board and take whichever road seems right to him, He may be ever so sincere, but will in all probability find himself in the wrong road. That is what is happening today. Friend, without the law, man have no just conception of purity and holiness of God, of their own guilt and uncleanness. They have no true conviction of sin and feel no need of repentance, not seeing their lost condition as violators of God's law. They do not realize their need of atoning blood of Christ. The hope of salvation is accepted without a radical change of heart or a reformation of life. What's the message here? It is only the law of God that would help us to see the holiness of God. and draw back to us to see our guilt and uncleanness. It is only the law of God that will bring a true conviction of sin and help us to feel the need for repentance and atoning blood of Christ. It is only the law of God that can do that for us. Friend, God has given us his word that we may become acquainted with its teachings and know for ourselves what he requires of us. He has given us his law to guide us in the path of right doing. I hope you will make God's word your guide today. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that is the light. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you uphold us even in these times when the world is neglecting and forsaking your law. Please help us, Father, to obey you through the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for hearing our prayers because you keep us faithful until you return. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain blessed until we meet again next week. Greetings, I'm Goodness Collins. You are welcome to Life by the Truth podcast on the law of God. In this series, we shall be examining what the Bible teaches about the moral law of God. How are we to relate with it while we live on earth preparing for Christ's return? Let us pray. Our kind and loving Father in heaven, Lord, we praise you for giving us life again. You have promised us that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Holy Father, we ask that you shed your light abroad in our heart. Let your voice and your word alone be heard. That our lives will be pleasing to you even as we prepare for Christ's return. Be asked in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 19 verse 7 and 8, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Amen. Today is part one. And our topic today is, what happened to right and wrong? Have you noticed how crime is rising in cities all over the world? It is showing up in surprising ways. A story was told of a man who stormed into the police headquarters one day, very upset. Someone has broken into his home and gotten away with several valuable items. He managed to catch a glimpse of the burglar and demanded that the police should do something about it. So the officer in charge led him to a stack of mugshot books. This book contains the picture of criminals and their crime. So he helped him to look through the pages of the criminal record and the pictures of the people to see if he can recognize the burglar. Suddenly the officer said, Wait a minute. He slapped his hand on the page and took a careful look from the photo in the mugshot shot book to the man's face again. That's you, the police exclaimed. It says there is an astounding warrant to arrest you. As it turned out, the outraged homeowner who stomped into the police station demanding justice ended up identifying himself as a criminal. You see, violence and crime are everywhere, even where you do not expect it. It is in the families, in schools, in workplaces, in factories, in our villages, in towns and cities. Today, in some countries, riot and robbery are common. The streets have become unsafe. Even in Nigeria, we hear of child sexual abuse, domestic violence, human trafficking, kidnapping, embezzlement and government corruption are reported almost every day in the country, even around the world. But the question is, why is crime rising? What's behind the unprecedented rise in lawlessness? What has happened to our world? For instance, in Lagos and many other places you see area boys, a loosely organized gang of street children and teenagers, mostly males, you see them roam about in the street extorting money from passersby, public transporters and traders, in fact they go ahead to sell illegal drugs, they act as former security guards, they perform odd jobs and return for compensation. It is just all over the place. In this time, you see, a new generation of youth have emerged youth who are questioning, who are skeptical, who are challenging. Friend, God is calling adults to be role models for their children. Children imitate the behavior of the society around them. Who will be their spiritual example? You know, today we see fathers cheat at work, mothers seek abortion, both parents cheat each other, the children see it, and the broken homes are leaving ugly scars. Who is to instill a sense of right and wrong if the parents cannot or will not. And you see today, parents cannot leave so great a responsibility to schools. Many schools today don't even teach or support moral living. A general feeling seems to exist that we have outgrown the bible standard. And that is not true, friend. Even some churches today are teaching that God's standard of right and wrong no longer applies. They say his commandments have been abolished or they are no longer relevant, they are impossible to keep. This is not true. Jesus told us in Philippians 4:13 that we can do all things through him who strengthens us, including obeying him. So, as a result of the neglect of God's moral law, many people are doing their own thing, and the society is reaping a bomber harvest of broken homes, uncontrolled children, violence everywhere. In Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, the Bible says, They sow the wind and reap the wild wind. But the question must be asked who determines when a situation is right or wrong. If there is no standard of right and wrong outside ourselves, we can justify almost everything. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, the Bible reminds us that we are not good judge of what is right and what is wrong. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We have no excuse for error or sin because God has made a provision for us to know his will. Just imagine a man traveling and comes to a place where there are several roads and a guide board indicating where one road leads to. If he disregards the guide board and takes whichever road seems right to him, He may be ever so sincere, but will in all probability find himself in the wrong road. That is what is happening today. Friend, without the law, man have no just conception of purity and holiness of God, of their own guilt and uncleanness. They have no true conviction of sin and feel no need of repentance, not seeing They are lost condition as violators of God's law. They do not realize their need of atoning blood of Christ. The hope of salvation is accepted without a radical change of heart or a reformation of life. What's the message here? It is only the law of God that would help us to see the holiness of God and draw back to us to see our guilt and uncleanness. It is only the law of God that will bring a true conviction of sin and help us to feel the need for repentance and atoning blood of Christ. It is only the law of God that can do that for us. Friend, God has given us his word that we may become acquainted with its teachings and know for ourselves what he requires of us. He has given us his law to guide us in the path of right doing. I hope you will make God's word your guide today. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that is the light. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you uphold us even in these times when the world is neglecting and forsaking your law. Please help us, Father, to obey you through the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for hearing our prayers because you keep us faithful until you return. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain blessed until we meet again next week.